Hey, my name's Randy Dick, and I'm here with Bethany Nolan on the Return on Life podcast. It's not always about the ROI, but about the ROL, Return on Life. And that is anything in life, but we're primarily talking about real estate here. And I've got an amazing agent from Longview, Gilmore area of Texas, Bethany Nolan. Bethany, can you share a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. As you said, my name is Bethany Nolan. I live in the East Texas area, Northeast area in Texas. It's a big state, so I have to kind of specify. I have been in real estate a little over five years. I am a broker associate at my family's brokerage called Nolan Properties. My dad is my broker owner. We have agents that cover the East Texas area and the Austin area as well, where my sister is. Uh, I have an undergrad and a master's that focuses in communication and journalism. So marketing and social media is my game and my favorite thing. So real estate helped me marry the two where I get my passion of all things media and I get to mix all of that marketing and media with real estate. So it's really worked well for me. I say I'm an overeducated real estate agent, but it works. But I love what I do. I have really enjoyed being with our family brokerage. We started it in 2020, August. And so right, you know, in the height of COVID and there was no better time to do that because that was when real estate was crazy. But I've had the luxury of being in this market from the highs and the lows. I started when nothing was selling. So that was a huge, in my opinion, luxury that I have now was that I feel like a lot of agents get spoiled during the crazy height of COVID and sales in the insane market and don't realize what that hustle's like again. And now that we're seeing it again, it's been nice to kind of remind myself what it was like a couple of years ago when I just started. Wow. And so you have a family business. How does that fit on our podcast, Return on Life? Uh, you guys get to like, you share your clients, do you help each other out? Tell me how that works because business in the game of real estate takes you away for hours, sometimes days or a lot of evenings. And do you, um, do you, does that help you with the return on life when it comes to your business? It's, it's helpful in my opinion, to be in business with family. You know that you always have each other's best interest and no one's trying to bring anybody down. So all we're doing is supporting each other. And we have any other agent that wants to come in. It's more about, we're here to help you and we're here to support you and get you wherever your goal is, whatever that is. And that's kind of the format as a small family boutique brokerage is kind of our model. And so it's been really fun. My dad and I work really well together. And in real estate, technically, I'm an independent contractor. I know a lot of people work in teams as well, and that's great. But we help each other. There are some clients that want to work with both of us because he knows farm and ranch, but marketing and social media is my game. And that's kind of my job on that aspect. And he shows all the land, but sometimes we'll work together when it's family friends or when it just makes sense. And then other times it's different clients on whoever's strength. Someone wants to list a huge acreage track with me. I'm going to send them to him and likewise. So it's been a really good way to ebb and flow in our office, but it is nice. I won't say that 
we shut off the real estate game conversation. Uh, that's kind of difficult to do with anybody in the industry. You don't get to shut off conversations at 5 p.m., but it's okay. I, we've grown up around that way, and it doesn't hurt us in a work-life balance. So it all intertwines, and our family's used to it, so we don't mind it. Mm. Right on. My daughter is uh, newly licensed. Uh, she's 27 oh, years old and she's she's newly licensed. And people ask, well, how long have you been selling real estate? And she says for 27 years. Yeah. I was always around the table in the car, mm -hmm. hearing conversations. Mm -hmm. She's got all that. So I'm sure you've got that too. But you, you were born and raised on a farm, correct? Yes, I was born and raised on a registered Hereford operation. I grew up showing cattle all over the state very involved in our FFA, which is Future Farmers of America program, and did all the leadership aspects through them too, but showed cattle. And I mean, that stuff will teach you some work ethic and some hard work at that. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of bringing that because I know, you know, when you're on a farm, you know how to work, you come out with a work ethic and you probably brought a lot of your, you know, farm lessons and you've translated them into your real estate career as well. Yeah. So farming and ranching, I mean, you got no excuses. You're not allowed to gripe. My dad's a girl dad. So he, um, he taught us real early, you get up and you roll with it, but it's, it's always been instilled in that work ethic to just get up, get your hands dirty. You're never above anything and you're never above any job, which I think is huge. Mm. And we kind of, we've always had a saying that my dad's always said, which is a little bit of something's better than a whole lot of nothing. And I think that's come from growing up and showing, but also in real estate, um, that saying, you could repeat it every day to any conversation. And I think it could relay because People can get greedy. People can get mean. People want this or that. And it's as long as you're reminding yourself that saying, it'll keep you in your sanity because this industry will kind of try to take you out of it sometimes. Right. So it's those uh, farm standards, those farm principles, those farm mm -hmm. rules of life that you learn that you probably translate today in many, many ways, I would think. Absolutely. Cool. So uh, growing up, obviously, we always have these crucible moments. There's always those moments. Some have bigger moments that have challenged their lives. Some have smaller ones. But are there some moments that you can like go back to and go, man, I didn't really appreciate that when it happened. But today, when I look forward, what I've learned from those crucible moments in my life, anything that comes to your mind that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I know a lot of people are, you're either big on education or you're not. I don't have a preference what people do. I don't think anybody, I don't think everyone has to go to college or not, but getting my master's degree was a big kind of step for me. My older sister has one and I have one as well. And it was because I thought I was going to be in the communications industry. So I needed that leg up, but just learning a different type of analytical thinking, a different type of communications method, and just honestly pushing myself to go live somewhere different, very, very far away from home. It was still in Texas, but it was far. It was like eight hours. It wasn't an easy like little trip, but it really pushed me to use my mind in a different way. You know, my undergrad's journalism, I can write you anything all day long, but this was more psychology, more analytical thinking. And 
I would say that was a big moment in my just transition of becoming an adult and an analytical thinker, but also just working in that PR industry where I worked and learning different methods of how to work with different people, I would say extremely helped me. I would be working with CEOs, writing their social media to working with food companies and helping them find ways to prep for any potential issues like a disease coming through to working with oil and gas companies and prepping them for a, hopefully not happening a dark day if someone died on an oil rig and had to teach them how to talk to media. So I went through all of the twists and turns of working in that world, but it really opens your eyes to different people, what they do and what their lives look like. And how to speak to different people on their different levels. And I think that's tremendously helped me in life. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're helping them solve their biggest problems uh, in mm. the work world. And really that's what we do as agents. We're just helping people solve their problems or helping them with the problems and finding a solution. That's what we do. Yeah. So what an amazing way to uh, learn from somebody else. Would you say that 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 was a big influence in helping you be so successful. I, gosh, you're, you you were a, a candidate and qualified as 30 under 30. That's an incredible, incredible honor. Do you think that was part of the influence that helped you get there so quickly and so easily? I think it definitely, there are always a lot of contributing factors. There's never just one specific thing, but I do think it did help me. I think it helped me find who I was. I do know that when I worked in that PR world, everyone thought I was an introvert because I wanted to show them how hard I worked. And I am, by the way, I'm nothing near an introvert. I'm as extroverted as they come, but I'd go sit in my little cubicle and I would just work, work, work and try to do my best work and not really socialize in the office or do anything. And I learned very quickly um, that I needed to show who I am and be my truest form of me, whether it is the most extra person in the room, maybe not the loudest person in the room, but just be my authentic self. And I learned that I hid that a lot. And so I made sure that when I went into this next profession that I was going to be me. And I would say that just those past experiences, a little bit of everything went into the recipe of kind of what has pushed me to be the agent I am now. And of course, to be a contributor in 30 under 30, because it's not just about your volume or your transactions. It's also about your community involvement, what you do for your realtor association, and just what your kind of shtick is as an agent. And my focus was always on education and still is. And so I think that PR background, but also having a mother as an educator has always helped. Mm. And I think you probably get so much collaboration in that group 30 under 30 as well. And uh, collaboration is really the new currency. Yes. How do you use that? Um, how, how important is collaboration? And you talk about, you know, your mom being an educator, which is really about, you know, sharing everything that you've learned. You've got to be a student before you can be a teacher. How does that fit into Bethany's world when it comes to real yeah. estate? Education is huge for what I do in real estate in general. If you look on any of my social media channels or just what I do with my clients, whether it's a first time home buyer, first time investor, I am making sure we understand the process from beginning to end. I tell people I don't want just 
your blind trust. I want your full trust. Don't just say, I know she knows what she's doing and is going to help me. Let's make sure we understand. And that collaboration to have other agents, you can say, hey, I have a question or, hey, how do you do this is huge. And even local agents too, there's no shame in asking questions, especially to new agents. Ask those questions, get to know different ways people do stuff and just connect. I have people reach out to me all the time asking stuff. And I always want to be that resource because people were that resource to me. And just being that educating front, I think has made me a trustworthy and reliable agent in that manner as well, because people know the credibilities there. And when I go in depth and make sure it's clicking, it makes them want to come and utilize me and to trust me during one of their biggest financial purchases of their life. I uh, love that answer. Love that answer. And, you know, when we're working on deals with other agents, one of my models, and I, you know, push this through my team all the time is, be the best agent in the deal. You can't always rely on the other agent to be the best agent, but you can rely on yourself to be the best agent. And when you're the best agent, of course, you help that other agent get the deal done. Doesn't matter what side of the equation you're on, working for the buyer or the seller. And of course, who wins? Your client wins. Your client mm -hmm. wins. So very important. The market has been, it's been up and down all over the place in the last three years with all that's been happening in the world. And of course, um, it's uh, been shifting again. What have you learned over the last one to three years about yourself and real estate? You know, I've learned that there's a lot of flexibility and understanding. I We always go back on education, on educating others. But I think what's been really important for me is educating myself on the industry and ensuring that if I'm going to say something, I better know what I'm talking about. So making sure that I am on the phone with not only lenders, but appraisers and builders and different people that touch every facet of the industry. You know, I started out in 2017 when the market was, to be honest, just a little slower. We had quite a bit of inventory and nothing was really moving. And then you go into 2020 where everything was moving like fire and interest rates were low, but there wasn't a ton of inventory and you had to be aggressive. And now inventory still low, but there's not as great of interest rates, although money is still cheap. My dad had an 18% when he bought a home. I have to really bring people back to earth on that. But I think it's what I have learned to do is just ensure I am the most educated as possible. I'm following Channels like Keeping Current Matters, BAM Media, which is the broke agent media channel. And I'm just making sure that I know what's going on so that I'm educated. People are, any room I walk into any time of the day, they know I'm in real estate. So what's their question? Hey, what do rates look like? What's moving? What's happening? It's always, doesn't matter where I go, that's the question. So I should know that answer or I'm not doing enough business and they don't think I'm doing enough. So my biggest, biggest thing has just been learning. And another good way just for any new agents is get those designations. Mm -hmm. When you get a designation, you can get in these groups with these people and learn from them as well. I have quite a few, a handful of designations and I've found every one of them so valuable. Great point. Yeah, the designations and being part of specific special groups 
and the referral network out of that, the learning opportunity, the giving back. I mean, that's another really important thing. That's about, you know, return on life. How do you give back to others? And so that's a really great way. You know, speaking of about return on life, um, is there something that you do in your business that gives you more life, so to speak? So something that I've done for years and years is um, I want to be really specific on the days that I work or the days that I don't work or evenings and have, you know, what I would call, you know, sacred times. And that's there with my family, of course. And so even something like a subject removal, if it's on the weekend, I'll move it. I'll move it so it doesn't land on the weekend. So it's not bogging down my weekend and never having it uh, be open-ended till midnight. I'll have a 6 p.m., cutoff time. Is there something that you do in the course of your business that just allows you to control your life, your own personal life more and not being consumed by this thing that we love, but it does consume our, our, our lives, real estate? Absolutely. Yes, because it can consume you if you don't find some type of control aspect. I do my cutoffs on phone calls are about 8 39 p.m., depending if I know the agent already and if I know it's a pending serious issue. But for the most part, after 8 30 p.m., most people are already on their first beverage. Some people are going to bed, putting babies in bed. My first original broker was like, that person's probably on the wine. Don't answer the phone. And that always is in the back of my mind. And it gives me the giggles, but it's true. So sometimes people get angry, want to get on the phone. So my cutoff's about 8.30, 9 p.m. Um, just from phone calls. I'll text you back. Text, I'm cutting you off at 10 p.m. for the most part, unless I know it's pressing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I block off time with my family. I obviously work with my family and I live in the same hometown. So we see each other a lot, but I make a lot of intentional time for my friends and very involved in my community. So when I'm at those times, I block off do not disturb on my phone. And I try to really intentionally be there with my friends and my family and not work too much while I'm sitting there so I can know really what's going on with their life. Cool. Fear. Fear plays a big factor in many, many people's lives. And is fear a friend, a foe, or a motivator for you? Or maybe nothing, maybe neither of them. Friend, foe, or motivator. You know, I could say maybe when I first started out in the industry, it was a motivator. I was a young single girl in this industry of, with a majority of agents who were older men and women, and they could treat you condescending. They could treat you like a child, treat you like you don't know what you're doing. So I used that fear of not being the most... I would say an agent that had the most years on my belt, I made myself as educated and knowledgeable as possible. So I use that fear as my motivator. Um, but now, not really. I feel like once you get a hang of things, you could always say you have a fear of what's going to happen in the future within the real estate industry, but you have to plan ahead. You have to stay in touch with your clients. And so that could just stay in the motivation front. But when I first started out, I would definitely say motivator. Cool. So what is your superpower or your, your gift gifts? Maybe you got a couple of gifts. What are your superpowers or your gifts? And when did you know, when did you know you had them? Oh, well, that's a tough one, I guess. Tough question. 
It is. Um, I would say that I love being around people. I'm a people person, which you kind of have to be if you want to be in real estate. But, you know, I would say my superpower of this current time in this industry is understanding the way of marketing and social media and what's coming up and really studying that method. And I think that contributes to success of a lot of agents, especially in my area, because no one's jumping on it and it's helping me stay above the current. So maybe that would be it. I don't know if that really answers it, but I hope so. You know, it's, it's a hard question to answer because um, it's, um, you know, you got to be a bit boastful about it. So I appreciate the way you, you answered that. When did you know that this was something that worked really well for you? And maybe is there any tips that you could share with our listeners on how to break into that? Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't start, I started real estate in 2017. Of course, I didn't really make any big sales until six months into the industry. It takes a while. I think the biggest thing that I can tell anybody is, have patience and go learn from someone, decide what type of brokerage works for you. I started in a small brokerage. I was very spoiled. I had my broker and then I had my father. And so I had two men that were in the industry that knew what was going on that could answer any question I had and could come with me to anything I needed. Whereas some people may want to go somewhere bigger where they're getting all these trainings. I trained myself. And that's what works for me. So you define what works for you. When I first started in social media, I didn't make a page for a year because I wanted to decide what type. I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. And I wanted to know what type of agent I wanted to be and what I wanted my personality to look like, what I wanted my voice to sound like. So I tell a lot of people, don't jump into it. Do what's authentically you because a lot of people try to just do what they see all of these famous realtors do or someone with a large following. And so I really took my time to decide who I wanted to be for me and for my community. And I think that's really important for people to really look into and consider that a lot of people don't because they're just like, I just want to post to just sold. And I'm like, it's deeper than that. It's about storytelling and showing people what the process looks like with you. So true. So true. Um, hey, what's your biggest win or idea that you've had since getting your license in 2017? What's been a game changer for you and your business? Ooh, I mean, getting 30 under 30 hands down was just a huge accomplishment for me. And that was my last chance. I was going to be 30 after that. So happy that happened. But just the people it put me in front of. I went to my first mastermind last year in Orlando and just sitting in a room with people that run these massive property management companies or these huge brokerages or sell their team sell billions in real estate and to be able to just walk up to them and ask a question and then have them and me feel like I am a nobody and then turn around and go, I don't understand social media. Can I ask you a question? And you realize everyone in that room was kind of on that same level, but just the access uh, that it gave me to these high level, brilliant individuals to where I could ask a question and not feel stupid. Mm, that's a great answer. Great answer. Hey, what's the future of the agent, of the real estate agent? You know, uh, I've been doing this for a few years. 
And it always seems like, well, you know, there's another story, you know, the end of the agent, the agent's, you know, not going to be needed. And now with chat GTP, you know, there's this talk that AI is going to take over. What is your thoughts on the future of the real estate agent? I think the future is going to be personal. I think it's going to be about you, your authenticity, and you bringing that personal touch, remembering that it was that client's anniversary or that it is their first home. No one can bring in that personal touch, that special feeling, those emotions like you can as a realtor. And that's going to save having that personal touch of a realtor because I've seen it happen. Of course, I help my clients and we all love each other, but I've seen it happen with lenders when someone goes with a rocket mortgage versus a lender where they can walk in, meet the person and get to know them on a huge financial decision. And I think that takes it out of the perspective of a real estate agent, but it's the same thing. And so whereas people are like, well, rocket mortgage is going to take over. I'm like, well, y'all have to realize some people want to be able to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation and know they can call you and know that you know what's going on in their life. So it's going to be personal. Okay, well, this is where we get real. We get a little, little bit real here. Okay. What has limited your success? What do you think has limited your success? Well, maybe nothing. maybe nothing. I don't know. You know, I feel like there's always room for growth in this industry. So the only thing that could limit you is you. So it could be that I said, well, here's my median income. I live in a low income area. And so the home prices are a lot lower than they are in a Dallas area. And that can bring you down and go, these people are closing 30 million a year. And I, how am I going to get there? But then I realize I can, I just have to hustle hard or I have to decide if I want to work life balance and want to not have to work every second of the single day. So I think the most limited factor is always going to be your personal mindset and deciding how hard you want to go and how hard you don't and having a plan with it. So true. I love that answer. It's really only up to us. Mm -hmm. um, so speaking of us, we're born with two amazing gifts, curiosity and our imagination. And uh, those are two gifts that we often pushed to the side as we get older, our curiosity seems to diminish and our imagination, well, come on, it's just my imagination. But uh, I think they're two of the most amazing gifts that we're given and I always try to tap into them. Is curiosity and your imagination an important piece of who you are today and, and about building your future? I know we have vision boards, but I don't think there's a, a more spectacular vision board than my imagination. How does that fit into Bethany's life? Oh, you have to have both. I mean, you can't progress if you aren't curious, if you aren't always asking questions and always trying to learn what's different, what's new, what technology looks like, the way the industry's moving, because it's always moving. I mean, you say chat GPT, people need to look into that and ask the questions on how that's going to affect them. Curiosity goes into that. And People need to be asking that imagination. Absolutely. You can't push yourself and motivate yourself without imagining what's going to be bigger for you. So they're huge proponents. I am a big vision board person. So I like to see it. I like to have 
what I envision or imagine for my future. And I like to set those goals. I have to see it. I need to know it. I need to feel it. Wow. Um, but they're, they have to be in your future or you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay stagnant. Anything you want to share from your vision board? What's on your vision board? Oh, I have lots of things. So mine is not a broad, Some a lot of people do a very broad one with just pretty pictures and this, mine has like numbers in it. So ah. mine had, you know, I want to read 36 books this year. So that's three a month. I wanted to push myself to do more yoga. I have, I always make a goal to visit one new country a year and travel to four new locations. Um, when it comes to real estate, I had about 20 million in sales volume. So it just, it's all, my vision board's all over the place, but I don't want it to just be work. I don't want it to just be personal. It's everything. Another one was buying an investment property and I closed on my first investment property yesterday. So it's, you've got to see it to believe it. Awesome stuff. What country are you visiting this year? So I'll be going to Europe this summer. I will be doing um, London, Paris, Amsterdam, Brussels, and Switzerland. We're doing it all in two weeks. Five countries. So there you go. Boom. We're doing a big tour. My little sister studying abroad over in London. So we're going to pick her up at the end and make a little way through it. Wow. You've got a great family. It sounds like it's just amazing. Love to come down there and meet you and hang out. With we you enjoy each other. On the ranch. Uh, yes. Awesome. Hey, well, let's close this out. Let's close out Return on Life podcast with a little, little bit of a speed round. Absolutely. So what's your go-to? What, you, what do you do to like just let it all hang out, let your hair down, have some fun? What do you do? Well, I love my wine. I will say I did, I enjoy going to the wineries with girlfriends, one of my best friends. We have a goal. We try one new restaurant a week if we can and just go see new places. Mm -hmm. I think it's the best way to broaden your thing. But as a real estate agent, it's the best way to say that you know everything in your area and your community. So just hanging out um, in the summertime, I am a big lake girl. So just sitting at the lake and relaxing. Love that. Love that. I think I'm going to come back to that question about lakes. What's your favorite band? Oh, right now I am big red dirt country music. I love Zach Bryan. Awesome. Awesome. Do you prefer text, phone, or belly to belly? I I like face to face. That's my preference. But these days, phone, I am not big on texting unless I know it needs to be in writing. Yeah. I'm doing quite a bit of video texting these days. So I'll shoot a quick video instead of saying a text. And okay. Then keep the video off. Then I share everything I want on that text, but they now hear my voice and see you. Absolutely. Um, audible or book? Both. I do both, um, but more book. That's kind of my bedtime routine right now is reading a couple chapters before bed. And then I try to do one audible a month. Okay. Very cool. And this is the tricky one. If you were a scratch and sniff sticker, so if you were a scratch and sniff sticker, you scratch the sticker, what would the smell be? Oh, probably like a peony flower. 
That's my favorite. Very soft, very simple. Smells like a Coco Chanel perfume, just soft. Oh, I love that. I thought you'd have something with a farm, a little bit of, you know, dirt and maybe a, some, no, a saddle. I can, and... I can do that, but I like to be dolled up too. So <laughs> I, I can do both. Oh, so good. So good. What a great interview. Thank you, Bethany, for joining me on the Return on Life podcast. Amazing. So much to celebrate. 30 under 30. You're so productive. You've got a great family, a great family business. So just thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. You had some good questions there. You got me. Ah, thank you. Thank you.